Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies 500th episode. I'm Matt. And I'm Ashley. And we've got something special lined up for you. We have invited back some of our former guests across the last four years to talk about what their favorite movie of all time is. I can't wait to hear what they have to say. Yeah, me neither. So, yeah. Joining us first is Christy Lemire. Hi, Christy. Hello, guys. Uh, Christy is a film critic for RogerEpert.com and also co-hosts the podcast Breakfast All Day, which you can find on Twitter at BeFastAllDay. So Christy's first episode uh, with us was episode 446, where we talked about Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And that was back in August of 2021. Christy, you care to share with us what your favorite movie of all time is? It's really hard to pick. This is a very personal choice. There are many movies I have probably seen more times than this. Many movies I can recite by heart, like Grease 2, for example. <laughs> um, but I'm not going to pick that for you. Um, I'm going to pick Fellini's Knights of Cabiria, 1957. Um, it won the Best Foreign Language Oscar. And it stars his longtime love and muse, Julieta Messina, as the prototypical hooker with a heart of gold. She is a prostitute wandering the streets of Rome, looking for love, looking for companionship, putting herself out there um, and just being rejected and used wherever she goes. And she, she keeps hope alive that it's all going to work out, that this next guy is going to sweep her off her feet and, and take her away. And it keeps not happening. Uh, I make it sound very depressing. It's a very joyful film, much of which comes from Julieta Messina's performance. She just had this incredible timing. She had this incredible face, first of all. Just these big brown eyes and just so much personality and, like, the physicality of a silent film actress in a lot of ways and um, was just, you can take your eyes off of her and just the, the hopefulness with which she puts herself out there, but also like the sassiness, like there's sort of a, a surliness about her as she goes around Rome and encounters all kinds of, you know, freaks and weirdos. And um, it's a very Fellini-esque film in that way and that you have your, your, your myriad, you know, freaks and, it's it's surreal and you never know what's going to happen to her, you know, when she, whatever t- corner she turns around. Um, and just when you think that, you know, it's all is lost and she's in the worst possible place she can be, she turns to the camera. This is the most famous shot. She turns to the camera and she's got tears in her eyes and she smiles. Mm. And she's going to be okay. She lets you know she's going to be okay. And I cry every time. And that, that shot has been stolen so many times. Um, but it's just a lovely film. It's funny and sweet and weird. It was my mom's favorite Fellini film. My mom loved Fellini. It was a huge influence on me as far as my taste in film and my love for film from a very young age. So Night of Cabiria is on Amazon Prime Video. You can watch it now. Awesome. And this movie we haven't seen. No. And now you've made us want to see it. Cool. Let me know what you think. We will. All right. Uh, Thank you for sharing that with us, Christy. My pleasure. Thank you, guys. All right. And joining us now is Ryan. Hi, Ryan. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank you for for joining us again. Um, Real quick about Ryan. Um, 
you can find him on online at his website, ryanarnoldreviews.weebly.com, and also on Twitter at Arnold underscore at movies. And Ryan's first episode with us was episode 388, uh, where we talked about my dinner with Andre. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was back in January 2021. So Ryan is here to talk to us uh, sort of the theme of the episode here about his favorite movie of all time. Yeah, so my favorite movie of all time is uh, Singing in the Rain. It came out in 1952. It stars Gene Kelly, um, Donald O'Connor, and Debbie Reynolds. Gene Kelly is a co-director of Singing in the Rain as well. Um, So basic premise of it is it's a musical. It's considered one of the best musicals of all time about a silent film star who falls um, in love with a quiet uh, chorus girl um, in the 1920s Hollywood. And it kind of shows the change of the silent movie industry into the talkies um, and kind of that era and how it digressed and progressed um, through silent to to talking pictures. Um, I have a lot of nostalgia for this movie. Um, I grew up watching it at my grandpa's house multiple times when I would go over there on VHS um, there's just a lot to love about the film. Um, the music is great. The acting is good. Um, the choreography and the production design, the costume design, everything is just bright, colorful. It, it has everything that a good musical has in it. Um, and I have seen it several times in theaters when it's come, um, on anniversaries or if it's just decides to come around and a, a theater decides to show it, I usually go see it. Um, I also own it as well. And it is just a, a film that always brings me joy, always uh, puts a smile on my face. And it's, it's a movie that I could watch over and over again. Uh, I think okay. that's, you're a man of taste. <laughs> uh, I think it's a great movie. Real quick, I think, Ryan, you've heard this story from me before privately, but uh, or maybe on Twitter, but... Um, Ashley and I watched it um, at the Roger Ebert Film Festival um, here in Champaign, Illinois, back in April of 2003. And Donald O'Connor was there and um, got up on stage afterwards and did an interview. And because he was there, the audience was hyped. And, um, um, you know, there was applause after every single music number. Um, So it was almost kind of like watching kind of a quasi live Mm -hmm. event thing. uh, Sort of had that vibe. And then, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, I think five months later, he died. Uh, Donald O'Connor did. But it was just an excellent uh, experience. So, yeah, um, I think you, you, you have great taste here uh, in, your, in your favorite movie. Anything else you want to say about it? No, it, it uh, one thing I would just like to say is um, I feel like if somebody isn't really into musicals, um, I feel like you you could love this movie. Um, it, it is a film that really will will win you over, even if you you're not big into musicals. And if you love musicals, then you'll you'll eat this movie right up. Um, but yeah, it it has definitely changed the industry um, for musical movies. It there's tons of films that are inspired by it and do reference to it, or they 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 play off of it. La La Land that came out in 2016 is a good example. Um, different techniques that they use in the film. Um, so it definitely helped shape and mold 
um, the music industry um, for film. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say if, if you're not a fan of musicals, this is a movie that could easily win you over on it. For sure. Um, well, thank you, Ryan, for sharing your favorite movie with us uh, on, our, on our 500th episode. Uh, the movie has a 100% certified fresh uh, critic score on the tomato meter and a 95% audience score. And uh, that is Singing in the Rain. Thanks for joining us, Ryan. Thank you for having me. All right. And really excited to have back with us, uh, Benny. Um, long time, long time listeners. Hey, Benny. Uh, long time listeners will remember Benny. Uh, for many episodes uh, that we've done over the years. And uh, Benny, uh, his first episode was episode 11, all the way back in February of 2018. And that is the episode where we reviewed Winchester. Do you remember that one, Benny? Uh, oh, that a 10 out of 10 movie. <laughs> I, uh, I still remember about that, that they solved the problem of the evil of gun manufacturing with a magic gun. And, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget that. <laughs> yes, that movie, that movie had so many things wrong with it. But um, yeah, so Benny, I'm happy to. We're happy to have you back here with us uh, via the magic of, 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 I guess, phone technology. And so you're going to talk to us a little bit about what your favorite movie of all time is. Um, so, so go ahead and tell the folks listening what that what that is. All right, I won't. Uh, I won't belabor them with my list of the five indisputably perfect movies. Uh, I'll just go to my favorite, which is Princess Bride. Um, and uh, I don't think that this one requires much justification. Uh, it's a generally held classic. Um, the, the script writing is brilliant. The the wit of it is is uh, particularly in the dialogue. Um, the wit in the dialogue is nonstop, and it is constantly um i'd say innovative innovative interesting you hear a bunch of things you've never heard before and almost all of them are funny um the set design the cinematography all of that is uh not necessarily um like the the most amazing thing you've ever seen but it all serves its purpose very well you're never like i don't know that looked pretty corny except for the places where it's clear that they wanted it to look like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, I, you know, it's one of those movies I often, when I look at a movie, I think about what scenes I'd cut or what scenes I'd change. And uh, this is one where I'm not necessarily saying that every scene is perfect, but I can't think of any scenes that I'd take away. And I can't think of any way that I'd edit the scenes with, uh, with my obviously superior (laughs) screenplay writing. It's all of Hollywood's <laughs> that I normally feel I could do. So, um, of 10 out of 10, um, the acting, the characters, the writing, I, I don't have any complaints about that movie. <laughs> yeah, um, I think you picked an excellent film there. Yeah, um, on, on my list of the best films, too. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for sharing that with us, Benny. Um, it's great to have you um, on the program again. And uh, you, actually, before we were recording... You did go through with us some of your, your indisputable <laughs> 10 out of 10s. And I have to say, uh, I want to get you back on the show at some point here in the future to talk about one of them. Uh, and I, I'm, okay. I'm just okay. going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. 
uh, Waterworld. Not Waterworld, no. <laughs> no, no. no I'm just kidding. Post-Man. <laughs> Post-Man. <laughs> Water, Waterworld is, is its, own, its own can of worms, but yeah. Postman is the, the, indisputably perfect movie. The Postman, yeah. yeah. Which I, I have not seen. No, nor have I. Yeah, and I have heard until, until this very night... Uh, not good things about it in the past, <laughs> but no, you well, were talking. You were talking about it before we were recording, and I and I have to say that I'm 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 intrigued. So, if you've uh, ever wanted to see a four-hour movie where a guy talks to his donkey, uh, quotes Shakespeare, and joins a marauding post-apocalyptic army, and then eventually refounds America, <laughs> it's the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Thanks for uh, thanks for sharing your favorite movie with us, Benny. Thank you for having me. All right, next up, joining us for our 500th episode special is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hi, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of it. Um, So Rachel has got her own podcast. It's called Hallmarkies. Uh, You can also find her uh, film review website, rachelsreviews.net. She's also on Twitter, Rachel underscore reviews. Her first uh, time that she joined us here at Mash Late the Movies was episode 377. And that's back in December of 2020. And she talked about Anna and the apocalypse with us. So Rachel going to hand it over to you. Uh, Tell us about your favorite movie of all time. My favorite movie of all time is Your Name or Kimi no Nawa from director Makoto Shinkai. Uh, This film is a gorgeous film about uh, two young people in uh, Japan who wind up one day switching bodies and they they don't know each other, don't know who who they are. Uh, And so it starts out in kind of a a humorous uh, note, um, but then as they switch more and more, it becomes deeper and more uh, more complicated. And uh, I just absolutely love the story. It's so surprising. It's so unique. It's got so much heart to it. I I, I feel like I learn something new every time I watch it. Uh, the tr- the uh, Japanese traditions that are involved in in their kind of time travel are it's really beautiful and the relationship that uh, that Taki and Mitsua that they uh, develop over the course of the movie I think it ends absolutely perfectly uh, the music by Radwimps is just beautiful the animation is stunning uh, it's uh, it's it's such a bold, beautiful, heartfelt, wonderful film. And, and it touches on so many themes of, of uh, family, our connection to each other, uh, our connection to each other's humanity. Um, and, uh, and once we understand the value of other people, we will fight to save them and help them. And that's what Taki especially uh, comes to realize through the course of the film. And the characters are, are so well written and nuanced. I love them so much. And it gives them time to to breathe with the characters that despite all that's going on, you have little moments like when Mitsua uh, just loves going to cafes. It's her favorite thing. And I just love scenes like that. And uh, I, I think 
it's such a rich, dynamic, beautiful movie uh, that, uh, yeah, I, uh, it's one that I, I, I recommend to anybody who asks me what, what's, a, what's a movie that, you know, I definitely have to check out your name. Awesome. I've never heard of it before, but you have <laughs> sold me on it. Uh, so I'll definitely put it on our watch list. And that's uh, it's so good. your name from 2016, it looks like. Yes. And it's an anime. Um, mm-hmm. so awesome uh, thank you for sharing that with us Rachel thank you for being a part of our podcast alright next up back with us is our friend Brett hello Brett how's it going going alright Thanks for joining us on our 500th episode. Uh, for uh, the folks who might not be aware, just to refresh some memories, uh, Brett's first appearance with us was in episode 301 back in June of 2020, where we talked about The Vast of Night. And he's been on the show a couple more times since then. And Brett, tell folks listening and tell us, uh, what is your favorite movie of all time? Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Star Wars Episode Five: The Empire Strikes Back. Um, it is, it's a film that I have a lot of love, both in a nostalgic sense. Um, it was a movie I loved to watch as a kid. I, during the winter, I would play hoth outside um, when it was snowy. Uh, so um, there's a lot of nostalgic love for it. And I think growing up and getting more into movies and kind of realizing that it's probably objectively the best uh, Star Wars movie and um, you know getting to the point where you know you recognize the character development in in it the the tight pacing of the story the um, you know the the fact that it kind of is the gold standard of a sequel film of a film where the bad guys win uh, at the end of the day I think um yeah, it's just loved for me. I think uh, that's a, a great way to talk about it there, yeah. yeah. No argument for me. <laughs> I think I played Hoth in the snow as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's a great pick, Brett. Thank you for sharing it with us. Thank you for being a part of our program. Next up uh, is our friend Sean. Hi, Sean. Hello. Um, Sean's first episode was episode 89 back in October of 2018, and we talked about Fright Night. And so, Sean, going to hand it over to you. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about your favorite movie of all time. Um, well, definitely in the running uh, for my favorite movie of all time is uh, Coen Brothers' movie called Miller's Crossing. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it. Um, we, we, I remember back when you and I worked together. Yeah. There's a discourse about it. Yeah. It's been a long, yeah, it's been a long time entry uh, in, in my uh, favorite films of all time. But basically, um, the plot of the film is uh, basically the Irish mob led by uh, Albert Finney, uh, Leo O'Bannon, and Tom Reagan, Gabriel Byrne, um, are at war with the Italian mob in some unnamed um, East Coast city. Um, so that's the basic plot, but um, 
I think the Coen brothers at the time of the writing of the film were suffering from writer's block. And this is kind of what broke them out of their writer's block. But um, this is a very layered um, type of film where you're constantly, it keeps you constantly guessing, you know, who's on whose side, who's betraying who. Um, the theme of the movie is kind of summed up in a line by repeated by the uh, actually the Italian mobster's friendship, character and ethics. I think the whole movie is based on um, that type of thing. Um, actually, what are your ethics? Um, what will you do uh, to survive? What will you do to win a war? But really, um, I always I always liked it basically because of the tone of the movie, though, really. it's The plot is very complicated and something that, you know, you'd have to watch. I've watched the movie probably 50 times at least. Um, it never gets old to me. Like Richard Corliss from Time Magazine called it. Um, noir with a touch so light, the film seems to float on the breeze like the frisbee of a fedora sailing through its forest. And that's one of the famous shots in the movie, the uh, Tom Reagan's fedora like bouncing around in the forest and like the winds blowing out at Miller's Crossing. Um, it's just like a beautifully shot movie. The cinematography is excellent. Gabriel Byrne is fantastic. Albert Finney's great. John Polito plays um, the leader of the uh, Italian mob. I mean, it's first rate from the writing to uh, the acting to the cinematography. Um, and the score is something that is uh, usually important to me. And it's really, it's got, it's got a theme song that was so good. It, it basically other, other films use it in their trailers because it's oh, wow. uh, such a good piece of music. It's based on um, the main theme is based on an old Irish air. I can't remember who did the theme. Um, oh, Carter Burwell, who oh, works yeah. with the Coen brothers a lot, did it. And he basically copped, copped the melody of an Irish air. And it's just, it's very beautiful. I get I almost get chills like thinking about how much I like this movie. But uh, if you're a fan of the Coen Brothers, you'll know their style. It's uh, very distinct, um, but it's a really beautiful movie. Um, and I'd say maybe "Gun to Head" (pun intended) <laughs> that uh, it 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 could be in the running for my favorite movie of all time. And it's certainly one of the top five that I've seen the most. I at one time when I was going to college. Um, I was taking a film class and I think we watched it, but I, I watched it like three times straight. I watched it, rewound it, watched it, rewound it, watched it. It's just a, a very uh, important movie in my, in my filmography. Nice. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Have you? I have not, but I've always wanted to. Yeah. yeah it's really, it, it demands your attention. You, you know, it kind of references characters that you haven't met yet and things that happen that you, you have to wait until later on in the film to piece it all together. It's really, it's dense, but, you know, it's not something that you can't follow. But, you, you know, you have to watch the film. It's not kind of one of those where, you know, you just kind of half watch it. And, oh, that was entertaining. But uh, it's a pretty rewarding film if you, if you stick with it. Nice. Well, thanks for sharing your, your pick there with us, Sean. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah. And joining us now is Aaron. And Aaron's first episode on our Mash Late the Movies podcast was back in October of 2018. It was episode 86. Uh, it was one of our 31 Days of Halloween series, uh, and it was Hell Night. <laughs> and uh, Aaron's back with us to talk about his favorite movie of all time. Take it away, Aaron. 
My favorite movie of all time is a Western from 1969, directed by George Roy Hill and starring the always wonderful Paul Newman and Robert Redford. It's called uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, I've always loved this movie. I saw it for the first time when I was really young. So there's admittedly some nostalgia that goes into my love for the movie. But when we were younger, we didn't have cable or HBO or uh, anything like that. And my mother would rent from one of the local video stores. They had like a deal where you rented a VCR and four movies for a weekend for like $10. And so my mother would rent movies for my brother and I, but she would also rent things that she liked to watch. And she had this massive crush on Robert Redford. And so one of her favorite movies was always Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And I saw it back then with my mother. And at nine years old, I loved this movie. And it is perpetually one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, It is a Western, but it's also a comedy. Um, Paul Newman and Robert Redford, it's the ultimate buddy movie basically i mean it's a western they are bank robbers they get busted and breaking form from john wayne-esque westerns they decide they're going to run away and uh that journey to run away is is the heart of the movie um but as a writer the screenplay is written by william goldman um who wrote the princess bride um, all the president's men. And he actually won the Oscar for this movie. Uh, his screenplay won the Oscar and it really is kind of the perfect screenplay. It falls into an absolutely perfect three act structure. Um, and it, you know, it's, it's really funny. It's really quotable and it's, I don't want to spoil it, but it's got a whiz whiz bang of an ending. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That sounds uh, sounds good. That's actually a cinematic blind spot of mine. I've actually never seen uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I never have either. I've always wanted to, but yeah. Uh, and what year was that that it came out? It came out in nineteen sixty nine. Okay, nineteen sixty nine. I I've always I think for whatever maybe because of well maybe for the title but I always used to get that one confused with Midnight Cowboy. Uh, which or, or was it Midnight Cowboy or Drugstore Cowboy or, or I can't remember something Cowboy that I think also came out in that year or close to that that time frame. Yeah, um, it was rated X. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's the only rated X movie to win Best Picture at the Oscars. Interesting. Oh, John cool. Boyd and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> so, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid it was Paul Newman and Robert Redford. Did they ever reteam? Did they do another movie they together? Did. Uh, and that movie also won many, many, many Oscars. They reteamed for The Sting. Ah. Again, another cinematic blind spot of mine. Yeah. I have to tell you, as much as I love Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, The Sting is almost just as good. <laughs> I, I wish that the two those two actors had done more together, besides just those two movies. Their, their chemistry is dynamite. And actually, interesting trivia about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, when the movie was first cast, they were in opposite roles. Um, and uh, they were... Paul Newman was big on rehearsal and Robert Redford was not, he was not big on rehearsal. He was big on just showing up, filling, being done and going home. And because of the lack of rehearsal, Paul Newman decided on the day that they were filming that they were going to switch roles so that he could show Robert Redford what it was he wanted him to do. And the change in their dynamic, um, 
George Roy Hill was really impressed by it. And they ended up, they ended up switching roles. Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Initially, uh, Newman was Sundance Kid and Steve McQueen was Butch Cassidy. Huh. Um, but Steve McQueen ended up dropping out. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Aaron. And it's uh, uh, another movie to add to our to our watch list of, <laughs> of films to see. I have it on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, joining us is Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi. Thanks uh, for having me on. Thank you for joining us again. Um, Elizabeth's first episode with us was episode 168. That was back in June of 2019, where we talked about Rocket Man. And she is, of course, here today to tell us about what her favorite movie of all time is. What is that, Elizabeth? My favorite movie of all time is When Harry Met Sally. It doesn't get better than that. I can go into details as of why, but I will watch it every single time it's on. <laughs> what, uh, what about it do you like? You know, my barometer of why a movie is good is do they have likable characters? How's the cinematography? How's the music? How do you feel at the end of it? Do you want more? And it had all of that. The beautiful New York scenery, Billy Crystal, May Ryan, I mean, the chemistry. It was just, to me, it was a 10 out of 10 perfect movie on every front. Sounds good, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the music, too. And So when we watched it, we thought it had a very kind of Woody Allen feel to it. And a lot of that comes from the soundtrack, which, you know, relies a lot on those jazz standards. And then the New York is basically a character of its own. And um, that's something you find in, in a Woody Allen film as well. Yeah, I would agree. And I was struck because we just actually rewatched this and um, the cinematography by Barry Sonnenfeld um, was was really just is this gorgeous. I mean, it made the whole um, made the whole look and feel of the movie kind of kind of ratcheted up a notch. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What did you think of the uh, <laughs> of the <clears throat> de-aged or not digitally de-aged but you know when they threw wigs on on meg ryan and billy crystal to to make them look younger from the 70s you know i really i enjoyed that part because it aged them in an appropriate fashion and when she has her little meltdown that she's going to be 40 when in eight years <laughs> like i just love that scene that they went through you knew okay she's got a weird bowl cut so she's in the 80s right now and then just each phase of it, I was just there for it. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's a it's a classic movie. Um, wonderful, one of those wonderful Nora Ephron romantic uh, comedies. So uh, yeah, so thank you for sharing your favorite movie with us, Elizabeth. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Next up, we have back with us Bruce. Hi, Bruce. How you doing? Doing good. Good to hear from you again. Um, Bruce first uh, appeared on our podcast back in February of 2018 uh, in episode 15, where we talked about uh, Black Panther. And then he came back a couple of more times. I think we talked about 
he, he joined us to talk about Sorry to Bother You and I think Black Klansman. Uh, so Bruce, you're here with us again, and I want you to tell us about what your favorite movie is and, 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 and why. So funny thing, I've been ruminating all day about my favorite movie, and I narrowed it, I narrowed it down to two. But then in your recap, I remember Black Panther for the longest time was my favorite. So um, since I've already talked about Black Panther, I'll uh, discuss the two uh, that tied today. Um, so first one is Inception. Um, that movie, uh, I like the, the brain twister in that movie. I mean, it's, it's certainly entertaining. Uh, it doesn't matter when it comes on, I, chances are I'm going to sit and watch it from beginning to end like I've never seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, constantly trying to see if there are little things that I missed, the, you know, in, in a previous viewing. Um, but yeah, so that's in terms of entertainment, that is my favorite movie. But in terms of um, something being thought provoking, I would say that my favorite movie is American Skin by, uh, by Spike Lee and Nate Parker. Um, I actually use that film or portions of that film in some of my classes. Um, I don't know if you've covered it or not, but I don't want to give too much away for those who haven't seen it. Uh, but there's a scene, actually there are a couple scenes in the film um, that really get at the heart of conversations that happen around race relations here in America. Um, and I feel like anytime race is brought up, um, the sound bites that, that people player people say the the kind of like the defaults of the go-to arguments are displayed in this um in this scene in such a powerful way i feel like any discussion about race or race relations um should start with watching the scene so that way we get all um you know uh, all the red flags out of the way and start the conversation in a good place as opposed to um you know being stymied by the same old uh arguments um, from you know opposing views, so yeah, I, I I have to say it's a tie between Inception and American Skin. That's great. Uh, Inception, I am familiar with, but not uh, American Skin. So that's one uh, definitely. Uh, I think we'll put on our watch list and uh, and uh, and maybe even talk about it on a future episode. Oh please, if you do, <laughs> please bring me back. Oh yeah, I love to. <laughs> definitely. Uh, thank you, Bruce. I appreciate you uh, sharing those movies with us. Uh, and it's good to, good to have you back on the show. Well, thank you. It's good to be back. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Uh, nice talking to you guys again. All right. And last but not least is uh, the big dog himself. Oh, hey. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, Garrett, who uh, was our first ever guest on the show. Uh, his first episode was episode three Woo. back in January 2018. What movie was that? That was uh, Insidious, The Last Key. There we go. <laughs> so, Garrett, uh, talk to us about what your favorite movie of all time is. All right. So, uh, it's great that my first one was Insidious, because my, my favorite movie of all time is Halloween. Uh I would say I watch it every year. That's not true. I watch it multiple times a year. Uh, there, there's something about the the. Every time I hear the score, it takes me right back to when I was a kid watching scary movies. And uh, there's oh, there's just this cathartic 
uh, euphoria I get watching that movie. I get excited. It still scares me. If I, I have nightmares about Michael Myers still. My wife is sitting at the table. I don't know if she knows this. I watched it on our wedding day. Uh, she, she was getting ready. I was waiting in a hotel. What am I going to do? I put on Halloween. Uh, I have Halloween apparel. I have a Halloween 3 t-shirt, Shamrock uh, Novelties. I have Halloween socks. I got a Halloween flannel. I <laughs> it, It's just, it's, I get really, really, really excited about this movie. And I, like I said, and I, of course, and it's cliche, but I watch it every Halloween as well. It's a great movie. It's an excellent choice. It's my favorite horror movie for sure. It's up there among my favorite movies as well. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for sharing that with us, Garrett. And um, as always, you, you, you make excellent choices. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> and uh, thank you all for joining us on our special uh, 500th episode, also in the realm of our uh, four-year anniversary of Mash Like the Movies podcast. And uh, thank you to all the guests who have been a part of not only our this episode, but our podcast over the last four years. And thank you to everyone who has listened to us uh, either all the way through or different points along the way. Uh, And uh, Ashley and I uh, wish you good health in the new year. And thank you for listening. Thanks for listening.